Hello, you're listening to episode 3 where we'll be talking about, um, in light of what's happened at Christchurch, New Zealand, we'll be talking about white supremacy, about how Christianity has perpetuated it, and uh, what we are called to do, how we are called to respond as people of faith. Welcome to the Gumberza podcast where we explore the intersections of social justice, faith, and action. I hope this helps us continue growing and serving God by serving the people. I am your host, Janelle. Here's things that may be new to you. It's news around the world that the shooting happened at Christchurch, New Zealand. That a white supremacist came in, shot up a mosque, and killed women, children, men, almost up to 50 people were were killed. This has got me reflecting a lot on how um, Christianity has played a part in oppression, how Christianity has played a part in perpetuating values of the world, values of the world meaning capitalism, imperialism, uh, those type of things. And white supremacy ends up being one of those pillars that upholds all of these things. The shooter has attributed um, Trump as, you know, being somebody who's trying to bring the the world back to how it is supposed to be according to them that um, you know Trump is making it making it okay for white people to have pride in who they are and in their superiority um, mostly and there's no doubt that any of that is not tied to this twisted form of Christianity that colonization has warped and that people have warped throughout history throughout time um this happening not too long after general conference of the united methodist church where they um solidified their exclusion of lgbtq people You know, a lot of people are talking about how that's related to colonialism, to a type of Christianity that is rooted in colonialism because the type of Christianity that folks are coming from is a Christianity that is a Christianity that has been used to oppress people and has been used to um, tear away people's cultures, dilute people's cultures. That form of Christianity is the kind that many brown and black people have experienced because of missionaries, because of uh, things like Manifest Destiny, all of those, all of those twisted theologies. This past Sunday, there was a scripture reading that alluded to Abraham um, being given the inheritance uh, or his his land becoming the inheritance of his children. But what that text reminds us, that same story reminds us, is that we're all um, 
according to uh, Christianity and according to the ancient Hebrew story, we are all descendants of Abraham and so we all have the right to land. There are some Christians and Zionists who have used that scripture to justify the taking of land from indigenous people who justify things like modern day Israel, um, modern day Israel's colonial project of suppressing and essentially performing genocide upon the upon Palestinians. And Palestine isn't the only case where we see this, you know, in um, in the Philippines, you know, uh, after Spain came and colonized, the U.S. was trying to discern whether they were going to take on uh, Spain's colonial uh, colonies. Of course, there was not really that much a doubt about it. But President McKinley at the time, President McKinley, who's known as being a devout Methodist, said that he was pacing pacing his office trying to discern whether he should um, take on the Philippines as a U.S. colony or not. And he says that he was praying, he got down on his knees, and that God spoke to him, and God said that they need to take the Philippines because it is the burden of the white man to civilize, to educate, to further Christianize Filipinos. And that Filipinos were unfit for governing themselves. All of these things, LGBTQ exclusion, um, the Israeli occupation, the U.S. taking on the Philippines as a colony and continuing the colonial relationship, all of these things are rooted in white supremacy. All of these things have background in people who claim to be Christian or people of faith coming in and seeing people with darker skin, um, not being able to make up rules for themselves, not being able to have sovereignty over what they have in their cultures, the things that they continue and the values that they pass on to future generations. White supremacy attempts to erase all of those things. White supremacy through imperialism tries to force one truth onto all people to be rid of diversity. And um, I think Christianity has, or the church, the big C, has allowed the ideology of our society to dictate scripture. The church has allowed rulers, CEOs, etc. to continue to tell us how to live into scripture. People who have tried very hard to avoid being with the masses, telling us how to interpret and live out this scripture that was written for the masses. Of course, I know that at some point, church with the big C and rulers were one and the same. And in some cases, it still is, or they still are. Um, but we as 
individuals who continue to go to these churches, I think that we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility because for too long, the church has allowed itself to be a tool of systemic oppression. Whether by outright oppressive ideas being taught and preached, oppressive ideas justified by a certain way of reading, engaging, and relating to the biblical text, or by being silent, complacent, or unwilling to shake up our sense of comfort and our foundation for the sake of ourselves and for the stake for the sake of the status quo. But we as people of faith, especially Methodists, have a baptismal covenant that calls us to fight Satan, to fight evil and injustice, to fight the power of the devil. And for some folks, they may picture that as an actual supernatural being, but we have to recognize that the devil, the liar, can also mean, I mean, it does also mean, it does include the lies that is white supremacy, the lie that is imperialism, the lie that, uh, the lie of hyper-individualism, all of these things within our culture, within our socioeconomic systems, within politics, all of these things the devil um, resides in. And we'll talk about that in our next episode with the temptation of Christ. We are called when we become members of a church and when we are baptized, we are called to fight these things. And not only are we called to fight these things, we are called to use all in our power in order to fight evil in the world wherever we see it. And we also have to remember that it's not just our power, but it's also with God's empowerment of us. God's empowerment of us as communities, God's empowerment of us as a collective. Now, there are many people that are mourning what has happened in um, New Zealand and many communities, particularly ethnic church communities, are trying to take up more precautions around keeping their churches safe. And those things are, are valid. We've experienced woundedness. We know, though, that, you know, um, there are people encountering these evils that there are people of any and every faith that are doing what they can to counter these evils and people who are not of a former formal faith or spirituality who are also countering these evils. And I think what the church can learn from that or what we are called or what we are invited to do in light of these events and knowing that everybody there are a lot of people out there who are fighting evil that we need to join together and to unite that lives are being lost and not just the ones in the headlines but daily through our taxes through our inability to have those hard conversations through our reluctance of being social transformers you know but at, at what cost at what cost? One thing that I'm looking forward to 
is going to ecumenical advocacy days and going to the anti-dictatorship summit that's being organized by Malaya Movement and by ICHIRP, the International Coalition for Human Rights in the Philippines, in April in Washington, D.C. We are going to stand together as community and we're going to do legislative visits so that we can speak face-to-face with um, our representatives, with our congressional bodies, with senators, in order to hold them accountable um, hold them accountable to to what they're doing with our hard-earned tax dollars. And it helps us to know that people who are going to be coming at it from different angles, from different experiences, whether they be theological angles or humani- from humanitarian angles, um, or through just pure conviction for life, that we all bring all of these diversity of ideas together, these diversity of articulation together for the sake of life and for the sake of a genuine peace, the peace that is um, a result of justice and wholeness. So whether you're going to join us in D.C. or not, I invite you to at least pray for us. Um Pray for us who are going to D.C. for Traveling Mercies and to pray for um, those of us who are also going to not only do legislative advocacy but also participate in the streets in getting our voices heard and in getting uh, the stories of those who are being intentionally silenced heard. We need to increase awareness and we can't be silent anymore and we can't continue to have our faith, our, de- our ideology, our theology um, twisted in order to forward violence and destruction. Thank you for listening. Serve Christ. Serve the people. Peace out.